0: This is John the Baptist here. He's not the one who wrote John. You understand that? The apostle John wrote it at the direction of the Holy Spirit, but this is talking about John the Baptist. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So some Folks came out and said, who are you? Asked John the Baptist, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. Notice he said, I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And the Jews were looking forward to that prophet that would come being Jesus, of course, and Uh, or the Messiah. And he answered, no. Notice John said, no, I'm I'm not him, no. And they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, title in this message today, I am not. I am not. Notice they asked John, you know, uh, who he was. You know, are you are you the Christ? I am not. Are you Elijah? I am not. You know, are, are, are you the, that prophet, the Messiah that, uh, you know, the prophet like Moses is who's the, who they was looking for? He said, no. You see, John knew who he was, but perhaps more importantly, he knew who he was not. He knew who he was. he was. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And of course, he's talking about the Lord Jesus, who he was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus, you know. But he said, I am not. He, John knew who he was, but I think more importantly, he knew who he was not. You know, so many times people want to be things that God has not called them nor equipped them to be. And those are usually some of the most frustrated people that you'll ever find anywhere. They want to be things that God has not called them or equipped them to be. You know, I run into singers over the many years, but they can't sing well. They want to be a singer, but they just can't sing well. One thing that I know I'm not is 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 a singer. Now we can all sing unto the Lord, but and I can do that, but I don't sing well. I have no business, you know, leading worship or anything like that. Um you know, I've seen pastors that thought thinking of one in particular, he, he thought the Lord had spoke to him to lead worship and he couldn't sing any better than me. You know, and that just that 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 just causes I mean, that just makes the whole congregation suffer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> musicians, people that want to be musicians, but they have 10 ears, you know? Artists, people that want to be artists, but they can't draw, they can't paint or sculpt. Actors who can't act. I've seen this next one, athletes. So many people, they want to be a, a, you know, a star athlete, but they're uncoordinated and they just don't have the ability. And, and you, you know, you see, you see this, uh, like actors, people go to Hollywood and they want to make it big acting and they have no skills in that area. Or they want to be they go to New York and they want to make it on, you know, in the big shows out there, but they have no real ability. You know, God hasn't giving them the, the equipment for these things. And, uh, and and just a little side note, uh, making it big can be one of the worst things that ever happens to somebody. Did you know that? Making it big in the world, making it big on Broadway or making it big in Hollywood. You see this again and again. Some of these, well, you see it, some of these, these, these actors and things, you know, they make it big, but you see them some years later and they're on drugs and they're miserable, aren't they? in jail. So when when people want to be things that, that God hasn't called them or equipped them to be, it causes them to be frustrated and there's a lack of joy, a lack of contentment. And you see that some people live like that their whole life. They're just always frustrated because they're trying to do things that God has never called or equipped them to do. We need to know who and what we are, but I think more importantly, we need to know who and what we are not. Look, if you would, at Acts the 8th chapter and the 5th verse. Acts the 8th chapter and the 5th verse, talking about Philip. Uh, Notice here, he was an evangelist. In, in, in Acts 8.5, the Bible says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great, notice there was great what? Great joy in that city. Now, of course, the joy in the city was because people were coming to the Lord Jesus and miracles were happening and all of that. But if, you know, and and to God be all the glory, but you also have to say that Philip was in his place. He was doing what God had called him to do. And there was great joy in the city because Philip, was where he was supposed to be doing what he was supposed to be doing. Do you realize that Philip didn't start out as an evangelist but he started out as a table waiter, didn't he? He was waiting tables and for, for, for the Lord. Now, before he was qualified to wait tables for the Lord he was full of power and the Holy Ghost, wasn't he? And he was faithful. And so then he became a table waiter and when he was waiting tables for the Lord, do you know that when he was in that place doing what God wanted him to do at that time that he brought a lot of, a lot of joy and a lot of peace and whatnot to the apostles and to the to people he was waiting on? And then God moved him over into the office of the evangelist and he brought great joy in that way to people because he was doing what God wanted him to do. Now notice in verse 14 it's interesting here and it'll it'll prove a point here that we're trying to make. Now notice when the apostles, this is verse 14, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent now notice now Philip was in Samaria preaching Jesus to these people and they were and they were getting saved and and the power of God was flowing and people were getting healed and all of that. But notice in verse 14, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who when they'd come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for as yet he'd fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized, water baptized, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they, Peter and John laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Well, why couldn't Philip have done that? Well, God didn't use him along those lines. You understand that? See, when when a person repents of their sins and places their faith in the Lord Jesus, they get born of the Spirit. They, they, They become born again. They're ready for heaven. But there is an experience subsequent or after one is born again, whereby they can be what the Bible calls, what Jesus himself called, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, you see. You understand that? You have to be born of the Spirit to get to heaven. You don't have to be baptized in the Spirit to make heaven. You have to be born of the Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is 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 the baptism where, where you receive power, you know. See, being born of the Spirit is like like taking a drink of water. I got water in me, don't I? But being baptized in the Spirit's like jumping into a swimming pool, you see. And much we could say about that. I'm not teaching on that this morning, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the point I'm trying to make here is that Philip was not used along the lines of laying hands on people and having them be filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was used along the lines of going in and preaching Jesus to people. That was his job. And, and, and seeing the miracle power of God flow, that's the job of an evangelist, you see. But in Philip's case, God didn't use him along those lines. So that's why they had to send Peter and John because God used them along those lines. Now, what would have happened if Philip would have said, well, why, well, you don't need to send them. I'm down here already. I can do that. Well, it would have caused a mess, wouldn't it? It would have got things all all, all messed up. When people get out of what God wants them to do and gets out of the place that God has put them it causes all kinds of problems, not only for them, but it causes problems for other people as well. And so you see, Philip was there doing the job that God wanted him to do. But then when, some, when something else needed to be done that God didn't use him in, then other folks were sent. Do you see that? So you see, Philip knew who he was, but he also knew who he was not. So many people that I've met you know, in, 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 in the, the arena of church, you know, they would have said, well, like I just said, well, God use, uses me to you know, get people saved and healed. Well, he'll he, just use me. I'll just go ahead and lay my hands on people to get them filled with Holy Spirit too. But it would have caused a mess. It would have caused a mess. So we need to realize like Philip, who we are. And we also need to realize who we are not. Can you, can you say amen? amen. Now in First Corinthians twelve verse eighteen, turn there if you would. First Corinthians twelve, eighteen says, Now God has set the members. You see, when you get born again, when you repent of your, when a sinner repents of their sins, places their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they get born again, as we said, and they become a member of the body of Christ, you see. A member of the body of Christ. Real out, say, say this, say the body, the, body the body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. And notice here in verse 18, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them, In the body, just as who pleased? pleased. As he pleased. So each one of us as Christians are members of the body of Christ and God has set each of us in the body of Christ just as it has pleased him. Now, I'm not gonna take the time, but I could read through there and the Apostle Paul, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, likens the body of Christ unto the human body. And he talks about the importance of the different parts of the body. And uh, uh, he, he also talks about, uh, you know, the parts of the body that are seen and the parts of the body that are not seen. And so I'll just kind of paraphrase and put this in my own words. But, uh, you, know, you know, not everybody, not every Christian is a hand in the body of Christ. Is that right? Not everybody is a foot or feet. Is that right? Not everybody is the legs, you know? Not everybody is the eyes. Wouldn't it Wouldn't it be something, think of your body, think of your body if your body was just an eye. Be like that scary movie that was on years ago where remember there's just an eye. Was it Alfred Hitchcock or something? something just an eye came out. Scary, you know. Scary. You would need a lot of Visine, I guess. If, if that, if that was the case. So, but just think, wouldn't that be silly if if that's all your body was composed of was an eye, or an ear, or a nose? You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so you need the different parts of your body. And Paul, in these verses here, if you were to take the time to read, he 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 makes a statement, and you know, he says that you know. Some of the parts of the body that are unseen are some of the most important ones. You understand that? Yes. It's kind of like your liver. Everybody in here has a liver, right? Now you don't. So when's the last time you've seen your liver? Yeah, I've never seen my liver, but you need it, don't you? How many of you know you need your liver? Your pancreas. Is that important? How many has ever seen their pancreas? I've never seen it, but I know if you don't have it, you're not going to live very long. Is that right? But you see, you know, as it pertains to the body of Christ, I've watched this over the many years, you know, people want to be seen. They want to be seen many times. I know over the many years I've had them come through here by the droves that if you ask somebody, I mean by the droves, I mean by the, you know what I mean when I say by the droves, many, 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 many. And and, and if you need somebody to greet at the door or to sweep the floor or to usher or something like that, they, they don't want no part of that. But if I ask them to, st- you know, if they were asked to stand up and, and, and read a scripture or give a, you know, give a, some kind of a little sermonette or something, they'll be the first ones that'll show up to do that. But if you need them to sweep the floor, there are no way, uh, there, there's no way they're gonna show up to do that. You know, those people are most unpro- unprofitable, aren't they? Do you know what I feel the, the spirit of God spoke to my heart just this morning as I was coming over here? one of the reasons, you know, the, the main reason this nation is goofed up is because the body of Christ by and large is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Do you understand that? Did you hear what I just said? And much I could say about that. I won't get into all that. But here's what I feel that the, the Lord said to me, I'll put it in my own words is, is, you know, uh, much of the body of Christ the parts of the body are not functioning at all. This is why I feel the Lord spoke to me. They're not functioning at all. And there's so many members of the body of Christ that not only are, are, are so many not functioning at all, doing what they're supposed to be doing at all, but there's many parts of the body of Christ that are trying to do things and function in areas that God's never called them to function in. Did you hear what I just said? And so you have a mess. Just think if if your pancreas wasn't, or your heart wasn't working the way that it should. Well, what if your heart wasn't working at all? What would you be? You would be what? Your body, your body would be dead, is that right? Is that right? But what if your heart was trying to do the function of your liver? Or what if your your foot was trying to do the function of your heart? You see, there's so many members of the body of Christ. There's so many members of the body of Christ that are not functioning at all. And then there's other members of the body of Christ that are trying to do a function of another body part. And then, and here's what else I felt the Lord spoke to my heart. There are, how many of you would like your heart to work occasionally? Huh? How many of you would like your heart to work occasionally? How many of you would like, would like your, your, your pancreas to work periodically? Huh? 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 Would you like your pancreas to work? Are you all out there today? How many of you would like your pancreas to work just when it feels like working? There'd be a mess, wouldn't there? But yet that's what you have in in many churches, in in just about every church I've ever seen over the many years, you've you've got several, if not many parts of the body, they just function when they feel like functioning. They just work when they feel like working. Some of them don't work at all. Some of them just function periodically. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying here. I believe this to be the Holy Spirit. They're just functioning. Is that right? They're just functioning when they feel like functioning. Is that right? How many of you would like your heart just to function when it felt like it? How many of you would like your lungs to just function when they felt like it? But yet, that's what you have going. That's what you have going on, and uh, and the body just doesn't work right, doesn't function right. Did you hear what it just said? So God has set the members in the body just as He has pleased, and each part needs to do its part, and then things will go better. Notice in verse twenty-seven it says, "You are the body of Christ, and members individually." And God has appointed these. Notice in the church. Now He's talking about the function of, of of the the church here, and He says first apostles, then second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings. That would be the evangelist ministry, and then that next one. What is that next one? Was it, it helps? And then administrations, varieties of tongues. You know, then then. then Notice here he says, are all apostles? And the answer is no, not all are. Are all prophets? The answer is no, not all are prophets. Are all teachers? No, not all are. Are all workers of miracles? No, not all are workers of miracles. Do all have gifts of healings? No, not all have gifts. Do all speak with tongues? Uh, do all interpret? No, not not in the public church setting, no. Now everybody ought to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, speaking in tongues in private. Everybody, that's for everybody. That's for everybody you understand that i said that's for everybody but in the church setting no not everybody not everybody's going to going to uh be be doing these things but yet if you look at as you read down that list and this is very striking to me he talks about apostles prophets teachers all that not all are apostles not all are prophets not all are teachers but that did you notice he he didn't he he never said in there are all helpers He never asked that question. You know why he didn't ask that question? Because everybody ought to be helping. Real loud, say amen. Amen. If you're not doing something in the local church setting to be a help, and helping and serving in some way, you, you may well be a member of the body of Christ because see, that's a free gift by, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you're not doing something in the body of Christ, you're a, you're a dead body part. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? So we all need to find out where God has set us and then we need to function in that area and that arena. Is that right? And did you know that there's no place for a critic in the body of Christ? There's no place for it. Now, I didn't say that we shouldn't be, be evaluating and, 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 and the Bible says to judge things, but when the Bible says to judge things, what that's talking about is evaluating. So you need to evaluate if what I'm teaching you is in line with the word of God but you shouldn't be critical of me or anyone else. Can can you say amen? Amen. And if if you're critical, you know, one thing I have found about critical people is so many times they don't do very much except criticize. They won't put their hand to the plow to do anything, but boy, they can sure criticize the guy who's plowing. Well, why don't you quit criticizing and pick up a plow, amen? amen? Notice 2 Chronicles 26. I just want to preach on for a little bit more, and then we'll we're going to receive communion today. We do so every about every six weeks here. 2 Chronicles 26. Great lesson we can learn from this man called Uzziah. 2 Chronicles 26, verse 1. And we're talking about I am not. We need to know who we are, but more importantly, I think we need to know who we're not and what we're not. Do you know that there's people that are called to be assistant pastors in churches, but not the lead pastor? Did you know that? And and and, and that assistant pastor's role is so important and it's so vital, but yet, That is, I've seen so many assistant pastors. They wanna be the pastor. They wanna be in charge. And I've seen so many of them over the years. They go out and they'll start their deal and get something going and it always flops. It hurts them, their family and a whole bunch of other folks. Did you hear me? You know, there's a place for the helper and the assistant. Did you know they're just as important? And in sometimes, many cases, they're more important, actually, than the man that's seen standing behind the pulpit every Sunday. Did you know that? Did you know that? But you see, the way the world sees things, now, you know, I don't care how the world sees something, but the way the world sees something is the person standing up in front, they're the most important. How many of you know that, uh, well, let's, let, let's take a, a, a Joyce Meyer, excellent, excellent minister. We were just at the woman's, con- I got to go to the woman's convention. Isn't that wonderful? But, uh you know, she couldn't do what she does if she didn't have about 500 volunteers doing what they do. I mean, they had a soundboard back there. I'm exaggerating now, but it was almost as big as this room. I mean, it really wasn't, but I'm talking about Edward Jones don't. Now you need, you need several people to run that thing. You see? And the television cameras and, and all that. See? And so, you know, people will look at her and say, well, she's the famous one, but she couldn't do anything she does if she didn't have all those folks helping her. And, and, it's, and it's, the, it's, it's the same thing in, 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 I don't care how large or small a ministry is, you know? Now look here at Second 2 Chronicles 26.1, all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old and made him, he, he became what, who, who'd he become? King. He became the king instead of his father, Amaziah. Amaziah had died, he's 16 years old, and now he's the king. That'd be a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good assignment, isn't it, being the king? Well, there's a lot of people want to be the king. Did you know, and we're going to see in this story that even when you're the king, there's something in all of us we need to be very careful about and watchful of. There's something in all of us that if we're not watchful, it causes so so much trouble that we're just never content with what we do have and who we are. We always want to be something else. Boy, that's a lesson if you'll learn that, it'll help you. And it's something you have to learn but let's read through here and you'll see. He became king. In verse 3, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. He reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. So as we read on here, uh, he, he becomes king at 16. But as we read on, it's 52 years later. So he's 68 years old at the time. We're going to read about what happened in his life here now. Now notice verse 16. But when he was strong, Now, if you took the time to read the other verses, you'll see that Uzziah was right where God wanted him to be. He was the king. God wanted him to to be the king. He was the king and he sought God and God helped him. God marvelously helped him. God gave him a bunch of people to work with him and some magnificent, marvelous things that God was able to do through this man Uzziah and he was the king. Real loud say king. King. He was the king. All right right where God wanted him to be, okay? And notice verse 16, he becomes strong at the hand of God. See, if you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing and, 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 and right where God wants you and you're faithful to him, you're gonna become strong. Notice, but when he was strong, his heart was what? Yeah. Lifted up to his destruction. destruction for he transgressed against the Lord his God by and Watch this, by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now that was something that only the priests could do. He was called to be king, but now he wants to be a priest. And I'm going to say it again because I want you to get it. Repetition is the seed of learning. Listen to me. There's something in all of us, no matter how grandiose, no matter how wonderful that, 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 that we have it and no matter how much we get right where God wants us and we're blessed right in the middle of that, there's something in all of us that will become, if we're not careful, will become dissatisfied with that and want to be something else and do something else. This man was was he reigned 52 years. Did you know that God could put you in something and leave you in that one thing for your whole life? Now, did you know that? Am I boring you or are you just listening? You're just listening, aren't you? Did you understand that? Now, now Philip, he was put in as a table waiter and and in a process of time, God moved him over to be an evangelist, you see. He was just as important to God as a table waiter as he was as an evangelist. Did you understand that? Now to the world, the world would look in and say he was more important as an evangelist. Listen to me. God doesn't see things the way the world sees things. Philip was just as important to God as a table waiter as he was an evangelist. But the point is, God used him for a while as a table waiter. Then he was faithful in that. God moved him to an evangelist, see? But this guy, Uzziah, he reigned 52 years. That was his assignment to be king, period. That's it. And there's something in all of us. We think that we we do something for a while and then we gotta change and go do something else for a while. And then we change and go do something else for a while. No, we find out what God wants us to do. We get, you don't, don't you, don't you pick your own church for yourself. You let God pick your church for you. Can you say amen? I won't get off on that, but so many people go where where, where, just where we like it. No, no, seek God. Find out where he wants you to go and then go there and be faithful. Can you say amen? You hear me? I didn't like the music. I didn't like this. I no. It's where did God put you? Say amen, somebody. Amen. Did you hear me now? But he was. I mean, he fifty-two years, and that's his job to be the king. But but he became strong. His heart was lifted up. Now he wants to be the priest. Look at verse seventeen. So Azariah the priest went in after him, after Uzziah, because he he went in the temple. He's in there burning incense. And with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. Why did they take so many men with them to, to come up against Uzziah and bring correction? This is the king, man. I mean, I brought, brought all the guys in to try to get this guy straight because he, now he's in there burning incense. Look at verse 18. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, "'It is not for you, Uzziah, "'to burn incense to the Lord.'" But for the who? For the priests, the sons of Aaron. See, Uzziah was the king, but now he wants to be the priest and God didn't want him to be the priest. But now he wants to be the priest. It's not for you, Uzziah. See, he was the king. That wasn't good enough for him anymore. Now he wants to be the priest. It's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated or who are called, who are called by God to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor. Watch that. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Now, did he have honor from God when he was the king serving his king? Yes. But now when he steps over into an area where he had no business being, now this same man who had honor from the Lord over as king, now he has no honor from the Lord because he's a body part that got out of whack, got out of, uh, if, is, you understand that? You'll have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became, he became what? Most people don't like to be corrected. And he had, who had a, Uzziah had a censor in his hand to, to burn incense. See, he's trying to be the priest. And he's furious. You see, we ought to repent. But he didn't. And while he was angry with the priests, he was mad at the priest. He was mad at the preacher. You know, there's some people that get mad at their preacher for telling them the truth. He got mad at the preacher for telling him the truth. And he was angry, he was unrepentant and uh uh-oh, something broke out on his forehead. What was it? Did you know there's leprosy? I heard a preacher say this years ago and I can't say it any better. There's leprosy outside your call. There's leprosy outside that place that God wants you to function in, in the body of Christ. Did you understand what I just said? I'll say it another way. There's nothing good waiting for you if you get out of the place God wants you to be. And that's what happened. And leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in, uh, priest in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. And Isaiah the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his for, on Uzziah's forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of the out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. Well much we could say about that. But what I will say is this, when you get outside of where God wants you to function, you get out from under God's hand of protection. And there's nothing good out there, folks. And King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. And he dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Do you know one thing this tells me that this man never did repent? How do I know that? Because I know God and I know that when you repent, you can get restored. And he was stubborn and he was not going to repent. And he stayed leprous the rest of it. Think about that, the king placed in that position of prominence and God blessed him so wonderfully. But when he got out of his place, he didn't realize who he was not. And he got out of that place and he stepped over to be something that God never called him to be, trying to do something God never called him to do and he was furious and he was angry. you know there's a lot of people angry? They're really angry at the Lord because they're mad at him because he didn't set them in the body of, of Christ the way, the way they wanted to be set. Now we need to just, how many of you will trust God's judgment? There's so many people there, they want, they want to, how many ever watch The Flintstones? Anybody ever watch The Flintstones? How many even know who I'm talking about? Fred, Barney. Do you remember that at the, near the end of the, 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 the when the series was kind of running down? You know when a series kind of goes on for many years, they got to think of new things to bring in. To, and uh, they brought in this this quote-unquote Martian alien. Anybody remember his name? It was Kazoo, remember that? And, and, and I won't get into all that, but, but Fred all... <laughs> How do you go from there to the Friends of Flintstones attend this church? But here's the deal. Remember Fred wanted to be the boss. Remember that? How many of you know he worked in the quarry, didn't he? And that's where evidently, I'll say that's where God wanted him. He was a good quarry man. He showed up on time and all that right there in the quarry. Remember that? How many remembers that? Flintstones. It's a Flintstones. Remember that? And he's waiting for the whistle to blow and the whole bit. All right. But that's where God, yeah, but that's where God wanted him. Is that right? In the quarry. Is that right? Is that where God wanted him? In the quarry. But he wanted to be boss of the company, Slate Quarry. So Kazoo made him boss for a day. Remember that? How many remember? And Fred became boss for the day. And it was a mess. Fred was miserable. He was miserable. He didn't understand the paperwork. He was miserable. And when the whistle blew, here's the thing. When the whistle blew and Barney got to go home, Guess what, Fred's got to stay now and do work and then he's got to meet with the board members and it was miserable. Do you hear me? It was miserable. You know, a lot of people think, boy, it'd be nice to, 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 to pastor a church and, and have it. It'd be nice to, to have a business of my own. It'd be nice to, have. do you know when you have those things, there are some perks that come along, but with every perk, there's about eight things. No, there's about eight. No, there's about 20. No, there's about 58 things that come along with it. That's no fun. Did you hear me? Take it from me. And Fred was miserable. When we, we just need to trust God's judgment and find out who he's called us to be, be that, know what we are, know what we're not. The Bible says, let, let our conduct and our conversation be without covetous. What does that mean? Have you ever said, boy, it'd be nice to be such and such. Boy, it'd be nice to be a movie star. It'd be nice to be. It'd be nice to be famous, yeah. Until you're sitting at the pasta house and you can't eat because you got eighty-seven thousand people standing there wanting your autograph. You got the paparazzi after you. Go everywhere you go. See, there's a lot of things about when you're saying, "Boy, I wish I could be that." Boy, I wish I. Boy, wouldn't it be nice? The Bible said, "Let your conduct, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have." That's what the Bible says. Say, I must be, I must be content, content with the things that I have. That I have. And be content with the things you have. Be content with who you are. Be content with who you're not. And Paul said, this is something that has to be learned. I can't just teach this message to you and you, you, gotta, you can learn it, but you have to live some of this stuff. And I know I got, I got a lot of years clocked into this that that and I've learned to be content and I'm still learning, my wife will tell you, to be content with what I am and to be even more content with what I'm not. Do you understand that?